Hey, 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 welcome back to Spilling the Genes Geek Podcast. You're here with Paolo. And Dr. Tom. Now we're here to give you the opinion you never really asked for. But we're giving it anyway. That's right. Now Paolo here's a performer. Hey, and Dr. Tom's a psychiatrist. Hmm. And we're here to give you our professional... Professional... Professional review of... Um, um, whatever we want to this week. Are you ready? More let's than ready. Get, let's get into it. <laughs> Well, this week, as a little bit of a cornerstone, we are going to be chatting about Drag Race Resurrection, aren't we? No, Dragula. Dragula Resurrection. That could upsess. Um, but Look, I think it's going to be a bit of a kind of off-season. This this is an off-season topic, so basically I'm, mm. I'm just happy to chat. I'm mm. just back, basically happy just to talk about whatever and just to keep it in the Drake family. Family. The Drake family. Family. We're um, all family. We'll ever talk about that Dragula resurrection that we mm. um, that we've just seen on my next. We had to, we had to do a seven day trial. To, we're spending a lot of money towards oh. our dedication to the um, the drag arts, the the art of podcasting, because yes. we want to bring high quality content to our listeners. So we are going to have a look at that um, later on. But before mm-hmm. that, I just want to just want to have a catch up, have, have a bit a, of a chat. What's your have a kiki? Have a kiki. Let's have a kiki. I want to have a kiki. Lock the doors. Okay. So what do you want to? I have a question for you. Go on. And it's a question that I'm I've been thinking about for a while, Tom. Oh, for okay. a year and a bit, a year, <gasps> year or so. Oh my god. If he's you, ask. I know that you love doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. I really do. I know that this is what you wake up for every day. <laughs> it's what gets you through the working I do week. Genuinely love doing this podcast. You you wake up and you're like just three more days, not three more days to the weekend. You're like three more days until I get to podcast <laughs> isn't it it's a drug I, I, I love it are you it. addicted um, are you addicted well I might have to seek a little bit of counselling around that if you had to do another podcast topic what yeah. would it be that's my question to you Tom well give, given the past 48 hours you might find this hard to believe but it would probably be Pokemon Pokemon. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I had a moment yesterday, viewers. She, um, she had a moment. I, she, she went and gone down through it. I was trying to play Pokemon online with what I thought was a flawless strategy involving Galarian Moltres, and I was, I was getting trounced, and I just, I just had a, a moment of being down in the dumps. A, I, an eleven-year-old from Japan, probably. <laughs> really controlled your emotions he played you like a ukulele he played you like ps5 which is out by the way he done played you like kunimitsu who was also out by the way on taking seven you you were up in your feelings i decided i was never playing pokemon again she wasn't joking this this was the end there was no more pokemon in my life i was going to give paolo all of my prized pokemon that i'd spent hours breeding and training and I was going to just delete my cartridge, <laughs> but... Um, you said breeding. Oh, God. Um, but no, no, I do love Pokemon. And I do think one thing I'd like to do in our, a future episode would be talk about our favorite drag-themed Pokemon, just to kind of like play off what Erica Clash and Rockem Sakura did that time. And do it correctly. Well, I, I hope y'all are listening because <laughs> I know it was before June 8, but they missed out Firamosa, was it? They did miss out Firamosa. So, so don't don't come up, don't don't retweet our tweet as I mean, though she, you you are in the right. <laughs> don't, don't don't try it. She's called Firamosa. She's practically called Faramone. She bet she's basically a drag queen. How did you leave a drag queen out of your top ten drag? Look, that's why we're here. We're here to fix your mistakes. I'm sorry, and it was a mistake. <laughs> It, well, it was a mistake. So you do a, you do a podcast about Pokemon. I think I the would. The Pokemon type podcast, yeah? I think so. Do you know what? I think it would be a great idea because A, if you don't know Tom, his knowledge of Pokemon is just as good of as his knowledge of drag queens. It really is. And I think that 
there's such a I think a lot of people who do do gamings are, are very much into podcasts as well and they're very yeah. into their kind of technology very into like they're not well when I think about a Pokemon or um gay gamers I, I think they're not socially uh they're not good in social settings this is broad brush strokes isn't it I think the stereotype yeah of a, of a gamer is somebody who um well do you remember when we went so we went to a a um a gaming event we and had a lot of fun at what hotel was, was this the, hotel? it was the uh adelphi hotel in liverpool which is one of those hotels that's got like it's got a long history it has got like that faded victorian glamour thing going on so there was um, the, and it was once a very posh hotel but but it's, but but then they put it in liverpool <laughs> <laughs> And it's done gone downhill so fast. <laughs> I don't know exactly why, but it's got that faded sense of glamour. And we went to a gaming event in the basement, didn't we? And it was... It was it, really good fun. It was a room full of the people who I... You know, you're talking about how I'm being stereotypical. They were all there. All of those people who I know don't know how to talk to people, who wouldn't look me in the eye when I was talking to them, who was who was not used to people talking at all. <laughs> we often wasn't fi- it. We often find, don't we, the people who um, might be a little socially awkward, um, either due to their experiences in life, just their nature, might have a few Asperger's traits. They often embrace. Um, passions like video gaming because it allows them to express themselves and assert themselves in a different way. And I think I think we encountered a few people who who might have fit that bill. Every everyone, fit, they, I, they felt... were, I will say they were lovely and very welcoming. They were very nice to us yeah. in their way. You know, okay. <laughs> I wouldn't know, Tom. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not well versed in um, in geek. Well, I think we're both geeks, actually, in our no, own ways. No, I'm I'm fierce. I'm um, babe. Sorry. <laughs> you, you can be fierce and a geek. You can be both. Girl. We I might can... come on to it after when we're talking about Victoria Elizabeth Black. But, okay. Um, so, um, so you do a Pokemon podcast? I think I think it's something that I would um, could speak passionately about. Okay. And you know, with with degree of knowledge, I could do one on mental health as well. I could do one because um, it is my job and my passion. Is it? That is my second choice, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Pokemon being my yeah. first choice. That it's, it's my real, it's my real calling. It's my passion. You say yeah. It's like Pokemon. oh, oh, I just forgot. I am a psychiatrist. Actually, <laughs> I could. Um, no, I mean, I could. I, I could. Um, I guess it's maybe it's a bit of a tired format, but a bit of a kind of agony and kind of send in your send in your queries, problems, quandaries, and I will do my best. Well, you could you you could set up a Twitter, um, ask people for talk a uh, topics mm. topics. Toxic. Talk. <laughs> Ask people for topics, yeah. and then um, have a discussion about that on your podcast. I think I think that would be yeah. a great idea, uh-huh. I, I, and I think it's. Or we could tailor it to specifically drag queens spend, sending in their problems with regards, you know, their difficulties with mental health or um, stresses or problems or you know agony well, aunt type stuff. I think everyone has problems. So drag even po- drag queens, yes, even drag queens, even they have issues Get out of town. So I think you should, don't don't limit it to um that that uh, a little subset uh, of people. Just open up, and oh. in, in the in the words of the greatest whore, just open yourself up to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Greek philosopher Marilyn Monroe. Oh yes, who yes. um who had said that? Yes, um, lovely lad. Or Madonna. Open your heart to me. Yeah. 
Why, why are you going to kill the mood like that? So let me turn the question around. So Yeah, what, I was waiting for you to ask you me. Like I'm like, to you, talk about? you know what? Whenever it comes to Q&As, you just love answering questions. You just don't like to ask. Any. Do you, you know just, why? Because you need just, very little prompting to start talking about you're yourself. Just, you're just, woo. <laughs> Hello. Uh, hello. She... <laughs> Look, I've I've actually done all the brainstorming and all the planning, and I'm um, I'm ready to actually do another podcast. And it's uh, it's a it's it focuses mainly on uh, health, really, mm-hmm. and eating and and working out and fitness and all that stuff. And it's called um, the podcast. I've really got a name for it, and no one better steal it because it's it's already been done and did. It's called What the Thut. <laughs> A How Did I Get Fit Again podcast. <laughs> Would and you like to explain the meaning behind what the thought? Well, well, okay. First of all, like Tom, Tom's got a very Tom. You have to admit you got a really nice ass. Tom's <laughs> I wouldn't Tom's, know. Tom I've has a really seen it. Tom's got a really nice ass. Like it's 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 like a peach emoji, but it's his ass. <laughs> okay. I, on the other hand, was blessed. I, I don't think I have an ass. You've got a lovely. Petite. No, it's a thut. It's it's a it's a thigh butt. You know, I've <laughs> always said this, and this is a matter of true belief. You've got such strong, thick thighs that it kind of the the proportions are different. So you you you're mully mully, as we say. Your bottom um, looks smaller in comparison to your very strong, very thick, very enviable. You know thighs. what? It's you know when you see um, a large person and you say you're not fat. But you got a pretty face. <laughs> I feel like you're trying to do the same to me. No. Like, no, you don't. It's not that you don't have an ass. It's just that you have big thighs. You've you've got very very many beautiful physical attributes. I'm, look, and you've got I'm, a little petite bottom. Tom, I, I don't need anyone to. T- I I know I know what I have. Okay, trust me. I brag about. It. I brag about. If I got it, I brag about it <laughs> and then flaunt it. Okay, so the th- bra comes before the flaunt. <laughs> Trust and believe. If I got it, I'm talking about it. So a thut is a thut is like you don't have a butt. You've got like a thigh, a big thigh, like a thigh butt. <laughs> so it's called what the thut? A how did I get fat again podcast? And you know what? If, if if anyone that knows me knows that I've like I really do like working out. I really do like eating, mm. and I can work out harder than anyone. But I can also eat anyone down. I can eat anyone. That, I mean, you've seen me eat. There's a variety of reasons for it as well, though, isn't there? And again, it's because of your experiences and your your eating habits have been formed by your experiences in life. Yeah, my experiences in life uh, by eating. (laughs) My eating experiences have taught me that I'm actually pretty good at it. So I I do it often when I can. (laughs) And I I really do pack it away. So that would be it. And actually, I've got a story. Now, Tom knows about this. Mm. So um, uh, I've, I've started to do a bit of like, you know, like study... Mm-hmm. Studying as you do, mm-hmm. and I'm one of those people that I will break every law I can. Uh, if you, if I apply for a job, I will say I have that degree, <laughs> even though I don't have it. Yeah. So I applied for a, I applied for a job for a, um, a fitness instructor, mm-hmm. and I told them I had my qualification. I don't. <laughs> I don't have my part of qualification. But how hard could it be? <laughs> like, come on. You know, it's you, in process. Yeah, it's in process. You, you, you say hi. You say bye. You tell someone when they're doing something wrong. I mean, anyone can do this. So I applied for a job. They asked me if I had the qualification. I said, yes, I do. Um, and then... Um, I went for the first part of the interview and they loved me. And I told you they loved me. They told me straight away that they want to see me for the second um the second interview. So and, yeah. and they did tell me 
for the second interview, there's going to be a verbal exam. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Now, I'll tell you what I thought that that meant to me. For me, that meant like, if you've ever done like job interviews and it's, um, that there's a verbal reasoning as part of it. Uh, like a kind like of a t- situational problem. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I've done um, I've I've done interviews where I've had to do verbal reasoning and even some general mathematics kind of like uh-huh. stuff for that. And and sometimes I've had to do PowerPoint um, presentations. I've done that. So I thought maybe in, in part of my mind I was like, okay, cool. It's a verbal reasoning. But the words that got me was verbal exam. So then uh-huh. Tom helped me go through the anatomy. And I will say, Barlow's a fantastic pupil. He knows all the major muscles and major bones of the How body patronizing. Now. How patronizing. How patronizing. This is complimentary. A 12-year-old knows what they what you taught me, but thank Absolutely you. not. Absolutely not. It was like A-level stuff, so... It's why if you're a thirteen Get year off old. your high horse, love. <laughs> I would say. So anyway, so um, so I went and uh, Tom helped me with my general anatomy for this verbal exam, and I and I got to the interview all confident because I'm always confident. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm a confident guy, so I got there to the interview. And by the way, it was a Zoom interview because they um, you know. Th- th- the situation at the moment you can't really go and meet people in, in person mm-hmm. especially here in liverpool so um i had my interview and when they said verbal exam they done mean it was a verbal exam <laughs> i was getting questions mm-hmm. like i told you like they're like if a, if a someone came up to you with sciatic pain psoriatic sorry no pain, sorry sciatic pain sciatic pain how would you rehab the situation i was like I personally thought they were quite unfair questions ah. for a fitness instructor. It's not your job to be rehabbing somebody. It's like you're referring them to physio. And then they were like, okay, and then what if what if someone came up to you with this? And then they said another term that got, I don't remember. I have never felt so stupid in my life. I was just there going... <laughs> It was a tough interview. It really sounded like a very tough interview. It wasn't an interview. It was an exam. It was a. It was literally what they said. A verbal exam. Where, when, when does this? Is this a thing here in the UK? No, not usually. Well, not that I'm aware of with kind of fitness. And sh- By the way, have they got back to you? No, they did the whole. So and like. By the way, like. In my professional work, I've I've worked in um in management and I've I worked in a bank. So they use the words that basically meant they basically said don't call us we'll call you and that's how the interview ended well it gives you a certain message doesn't it but i still thought they'd at least have the courtesy to get back in touch with you i would rather they don't get in touch with me because like i I felt like there was a mutual understanding like i'm not stupid so (laughs) i was like okay yeah i know i didn't get it so don't give me an email confirming in writing that i didn't get it because that would just be a big blow to my ego and i don't really need that i don't really need you to not only like reject me in person especially in the verbal exam which i failed miserably. i didn't answer anything anything they did ask me um one question which was like that i didn't know they're like what is um, re- what does retention mean to you? And I was like, oh, thank God, that wasn't a that wasn't like a, a term, a health and fitness term. Retention is a general term in terms of employee retention. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, oh, so like instead of instead of me saying, oh, you know, retention is, they say membership retention is is, is like. The answer should have just been, oh, you know, when you when you get customers, um, mm. it's what you do to keep them, yes. or you know, your ability to retain. Yeah. 
I should have just said that, but because that was the only question I knew, I done gave her an, I gave her a PowerPoint presentation, <laughs> I gave her a breakdown, I, I I think I even told, it comes from the word, blah, 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 the Latin word, this, which means this, and retain it, <laughs> I went above yeah. and beyond of it, because that was the only thing I could answer, and I, in some way, in my mind, I was like, maybe if I answer this one question <laughs> amazingly, everything else, all we'll the other, redeemed. Tw- yeah, all the other 20 questions, doesn't really yeah. matter, like, yeah. he answered that, yeah. so I talked about, but well, before we talk about retention we need to we need to acknowledge the the importance of acquisition <laughs> so i talked about acquisition how, how that was a part of it and then i talked about retention then i talked about retention strategies then i talked about how important it is retention then i started talking about competitors i don't even know what i don't the she end was of just scribbling on a panel going you're going off script <laughs> <laughs> you're going to ask me. I was just thinking, you know, it was a straightforward answer. Mm. Oh, this is what it means. But I went above and beyond. Mm. Like I, so I just really, really hope that they, that they just really focus on that. But anyway, so that was my experience. My I first experience. I think it sounded trying. like a very, very scrutinizing interview. And I think um, your skills will be better used elsewhere. No, my skills would be better used there. I want to work in the in the health and well in the health and fitness. Um, I really love that. I I do. I could wake I could wake someone up at five a.m. You know, if you know people that go to the five a.m. aerobics classes or those mm-hmm. hit classes. I if you came into my class at five a.m. so dead tired, you would leave feeling on top of the world. I would wake you up. I would empower you. I can do that. That's what I want to do. I, I believe you would be fantastic. Really, I know you would be. That's, uh, yeah. So it was, it's like, everyone's like, oh, don't worry about it. You know, it's their loss. No, it's my loss. I really wanted to work there and the facilities. I'm not going to even name drop this place because I don't want to promote them <laughs> to our millions of listeners. I am not going to give them free promo yeah. marketing. Okay. This is what they're missing out on this. <laughs> so anyway, I'm not, I'm not bothered. <laughs> no, I know I'm you're not. not. And onwards and upwards, and you're gonna. But, you are in the middle of your studying for your qualification. I think it would be fantastic if you to do a podcast related to health and fitness mm. because so, your own personal experience is so relatable. Yeah, I mean, I've lost weight, then I've gained. I've there was the F45 eight week challenge, which I'm a winner of. I beat. It was a global competition, intergalactic, and I intergal- and I won twelve thousand dollars for that, which is amazing. Then I, then in the first lockdown, I did the Danny Jones Fitness, and I won one thousand dollars. I just finished another eight week challenge, and I haven't won yet. They haven't told me I won yet. Results pending. Results. They are literally pending. It's yeah. not like the. Don't call us, we'll call you. You had a very, very good result. I had a really good result, yes. Mm. And people are like, oh, like, I'm just really good at losing weight. And I think I get into a, I think I get into a, a certain rhythm where I start to enjoy it. Mm. It's a really, really effed up cycle that I get into. I lose the weight, then I go back into putting it on a little, and then I lose it again. But I, in order for me to lose it, I need to, I need a reward. I, I think what you experience is a very relatable cycle. I'm sure a lot of our listeners could could relate to the, you know, being very very focused on a goal related process and then kind of rewarding yourself with treats afterwards that kind of undoes it a little bit but then you know we do we do live in a world where you need to enjoy your life and balance it with your health and fitness it's it's tricky it's really yeah. really difficult and because it's such a big part of my life i really love 
the idea of doing a podcast about it, about working out, about, okay, I jumped off the wagon today. I ate this today and I felt like crap because it's real. One thing I really, really hate is when I watch, when I go on people's Instagram and they, they paint their life to be perfect because they've got a six pack, but it's not, I it's not this, that easy. It's, a, n- it's not as easy as I wake mm. up, I'm happy, I got a perfect body and all you have to do is this. No, it's not. There's ups, there's downs, there's downs, there's more downs and there may be a little bit more up, but there's more, like it's, it's such a roller coaster that is that the sins more I, than it goes up and I, I just mm. I feel like the more the more people realize how real it is that there is that huge struggle besides just seeing a perfect picture on Instagram yes. I think the more that they see that it's 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 okay and it's 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 part of the process to be at a an overweight or not a healthy I completely um, starting agree. point I think I, I, I think we could do a whole podcast really on the unrealistic expectations set by visual social media like Instagram and I think that creeps into so many different realms I think it affects men women people of any ethnicity gay people straight people I think the social media is obviously has a lot of positive points in terms of keeping people in touch with although I'm not a big proponent of social media I'm barely on Facebook and that's it and you run our Twitter account don't you for spend the G&T mm. and um, sometimes I'm like Tom can you answer this question yeah 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 no, we do, we, we, you run it but we collaborate because Tom's good at re- if you get a really nice profound response <laughs> on Twitter it's Tom we, we collaborate on a lot of responses but you run it um, it's just like but there are a lot of toxic aspects to especially the visual aspects of social media and yeah everything you see is a brief snapshot of that person's life it's heavily posed heavily filtered often edited we really shouldn't be believing what we see and we should not be seeing these things as realistic expectations. It's, yeah, it's very much like reality TV is yeah. produced. It's, Absolutely. Have you seen that compilation on YouTube and it's so disturbing about people who just, especially during like the Black Lives Matters and all that, how they would um, have a photographer mm-hmm. and they would just go to a location in their nice dress and hold a sign and take a photo and then get back into their car and leave? I mean, how disgusting. Or people who are like, you know, I think there was like some kind of damage done to a town. And then some person just rolled up in their nice car, went out, um, asked someone if they could borrow that hammer to look like they were helping out with the works of some of the buildings, took a photo, and then gave the hammer back and went back into the car. I mean, how disgusting is that? That's just wrong. And yet some of the biggest celebrities in our society now, I think especially for the younger generations, are stars of YouTube and TikTok. And the... I mean, I guess it's an age-old trope, really, but it, it just seems particularly prominent at the moment that what is purported to be reality is actually far from it. Yeah. And I could wax lyrical about that all day. Yeah. I really could. I mean, maybe, maybe we can. So that's that's my topic of the podcast. And mm. I would need you in my What the Thut, How Did I Get Fat Again podcast. I would need you in that because um a big part for me of that journey of weight loss is mental the mental game especially for me i'm quite competitive and you know mm-hmm. this about me so when i go and i work out i have to be better than the person next to me i have mm-hmm. to and when i go to a class at the gym i have to like i don't i no longer try to compete with other people in the class i'm competing with the trainer i'm competing <laughs> with the person taking the class you're incredibly driven yes and like and every time that they're talking sometimes i'll do the workout and like mouth it to be like <laughs> okay um, if, if, if 
to make it fair, it's not fair that you're there and you're you're worried. You're saying, everyone, now do this, now do that, now do that. <laughs> so I also um, make sure that I put as much effort into speaking and working out to put us both on the same mm-hmm. um, level. So that's that's. That's just me, and I think I think talking about the the mental part of it, how mentally mm. prepared and the emotional part of weight loss, or, and putting on weight and losing weight, it's just it's, it just goes on and on and on. And I think that um talking about it, hopefully other people go through it, and it kind of lets them yeah. know that okay, this is this is okay to feel mm-hmm. this way, and and maybe I can keep going. It's okay to have your ups and downs in yeah. terms of fitness, and it's. It's okay to have your periods where you're happier with your shape mm. and other times when you're perhaps a little bit less happy with your shape, but perhaps you're enjoying other aspects of your life. Yeah. And it's it's hard to balance those two things and there are all kinds of pressures in modern day life. We basically just did the first podcast for mine. Yay, what just the fuck? Part two, part one, <laughs> done. What the fuck? How did I get fat again? <laughs> podcast coming to Nightingales near you or Apple <laughs> Spotify. Okay, so Tom, I know before we get onto it, you've had a whole week off work. I have, it's been amazing how how do you feel great what have you done um very little and it's been wonderful we've we've been hanging out haven't we it's been every day hanging out and it's been really really good um we how many times have you ordered delivery in uber eats um we've lost count we've lost count at this point don't don't bring me into i'm asking this is this is my question to you don't don't drag me down you <laughs> how many times have we've you we've had an indulgent week how many no 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 no, no. No, I, I couldn't the question. I couldn't count. It's been daily. We've I'm doing the Michelle Visage. No, worry <laughs> about you. We've treated ourselves. We've. Um, Why are you bringing me down with because you? Because it is you as well. But my question is: what, How many times have you had Uber Eats, it, sir? I, I said I've eaten a takeaway on a daily basis. It's been daily. nice. Yeah. Ooh. It can't be too good. <laughs> oh. We've been watching a lot of Netflix. We've been watching um, Grey's Anatomy. We've weirdly got into, haven't you know, we? Like about twenty years after the fact. Can I can I just say this? Well, yes, we've just started watching Grey's Anatomy because just started. We're on season six or seven now. Tom, you you were very smart. Like we we we'll be watching it, and you know, so it's, people get injured, they get diagnosed, and they live or die. That's basically it. Yeah, mm-hmm. with a, a bit of emotional but drama. Of, well, it's basically a backdrop for emotional dramas, isn't yes. it? The, the medicine is kind and of it's really It's quite impressive because I'm sitting there, and then as someone's coming in, they start to talk about their symptoms. And a lot of that's you have correctly diagnosed the majority Who'd have thought I had a degree in medicine, eh? You, Who'd have be, thought that I did my foundation training before going to psychiatry? You would say, oh, they've got this, they've got this, oh, got, yeah, this is why they've got that. And then they'll say it in the program, and I'm like, wow, Tom, wow. Sometimes I'm right, sometimes I'm wrong. I think um, that's pretty good. I, I, I actually enjoy some of the aspects of it. There's like a big theme in it that speaks to me, actually, is the, the sense of responsibility um, that comes with... Um, any branch of working in medicine, really, and that includes psychiatry um, and how we are all human beings and we are imperfect and we strive to help our patients and to make good decisions. But with the best will in the world, sometimes it's not always the the outcome you'd hope for. And I think that applies to all aspects of medicine. Um, and yeah, that speaks to me on a regular basis, that one. Yeah. If people are wondering why we've got so much time to just watch Grey's Anatomy and eat Uber Eats and do nothing... 
it's literally because not only is Tom off work and um, not only have I not been given that job that I, I apparently must have failed <laughs> you, did that deserve, interview. you did deserve I answered that one question so well job. it mm. was literally like what like, it's their loss babes their yeah. loss babes <laughs> yeah. yeah you're better than that Paul come on Absolutely. you're better than that you can do better than him <laughs> um, also we're in lockdown we yeah. are in a lockdown here everything is closed except for essential places um, we go for our little walks and bike rides and stuff and it's just it's just that there's nothing much to do and um i'll be i'll be jumping back on the wagon on monday mm-hmm. this week's been my off week because i've just finished an eight week um strict ish kind of like meal plan diet thingy i need to start and, taking back care of myself from monday as well and on monday i'm gonna start getting into to to working out and, and just yeah that's it we've had a cocktail most days as well N- not going to apologize for it. <laughs> We're having one right <laughs> now. Cheers, guys. Absolutely. Um, hanging out with the cats, um, Lily and Lavender. Been, although Lily's turned into a murderess today. Yes. Um, oh, gosh. Lily, I'm, I'm, trigger warning, guys. Lily killed a rat. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to make any bones about it. Um, they're doing some How renova- many bones do you want? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to do some renovation works next door. They've had a little bit of build up of rubbish clearly a family of rats has moved in lily's been on it like a pigeon on a chip she is the best landlord ever i tell you right now that oh. lily girl she is on it tom what is this beautiful um plant that i'm looking <laughs> at right now in front of me i've wow. also become an interior designer this so, week. so in this lockdown tom's tom's found that he's actually a quite a great uh, interior designer yeah yeah yes so, would you like to uh, um explain what i'm looking at what what art uh, art art, art that i'm looking at now did somebody mention art so <laughs> This. I've been trying to tie, we've tidied up the living room and rearranged it a little bit. Um, and I'm trying to create this focal point on the coffee table. Yeah. And right. the the main kind of color scheme in our living room is on the blue green spectrum teals. Mm, pep- lovely. Don't pep- bore Nina. Don't bore <laughs> Nina. Um, teals, peppermint, aquamarines, those mm. kinds of things, turquoise. So I had this old bowl. I had this old glass bowl that did once have a plant in it that I unfortunately neglected and died. And so I washed it and I filled it with a turquoise potpourri. It's just gorgeous. So we call that repurposing. And to create a sense of contrast, now we do have a sort of greenish little vase behind it. And we've got um, uh, coral coloured pussy willows sprouting out of this vase. Now I'd like you to note... Coral, turquoise, opposite ends of the colour wheel, complementary colours. Excuse the beauty. And they're surrounded by Christmas cacti, two of which I got from my late grandmother, who I adored and I endeavour to look after. One of which has just flowered and it has kind of corally coloured flowers. So that fits in with the scheme. Um, So it's just all working. It's just all working, you know. But we do have to keep that whole area away from naked flames. The candles Club have moved. Club 69, watch out. <laughs> Club Here she comes. I think it looks good. So we're basically doing whatever we can <laughs> in this time. I'd love to hear what everyone else is doing. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. how do you guys yeah. keep it? How are you guys doing? How's everyone going? How are you, Charlie? How's babes? How's yeah. baby going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are Colin? Yeah. Um, everyone else that listens. La Malavaca. La Malavaca. Hey, yeah. how's it going? Hey, girl. What are my people there? All our fans in India who sprouted overnight. In Italy now. Italy. We're, <laughs> we've just started. So, obviously, I keep a, a look at the um, the charts, and I've just found out that apparently now we're charting in Italy. Well, ciao, Bella. 
Ciao bella. <laughs> you were mere stupido if you think you got... Is it? It's That's a... Spanish, darling. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. Wow, Paulo, fail. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, uh... not good. Look, let's have a... Let's, let's, let's talk about some drag stuff here. Okay, let's... Should we refocus on drag? I don't think we've got any real drag race news this week because we're waiting really for season 13. Yeah. Which we know has been filmed. Drag Race UK, which has been announced really next year. Uh-huh. All Stars 6, which you know is being filmed. And hopefully this all-winners season, which is due to start filming in the new year. Also, um, Drag Race España, you were speaking Spanish a minute ago, um, has been announced. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that what I was doing? It was, yeah, yeah. So there's, it's going to be another full year of Drag Race next year. So we've got a little breather and it's going to be a little breather, I think. Um, you guys get to just hear about what we do and just talk about what we want to talk about up yeah. until then. I mean, if there's any drag content, we'll... Uh, we're bringing it into the mix like we are now. We're talking about Dragula Resurrection. Now, Dragula, oh, yes. everyone knows, is kind of like an underground um, horror, filth kind of yeah. drag where it kind of takes it right back to its roots. Not really roots, does. really. It takes it like. The what? holy tenets are like glamour, filth, and horror, aren't they? Yeah. Um, so they're often very like horror movie or like John Waters type inspirations, those kinds of things. And they they bring in queens who really wouldn't make it on Drag Race or wouldn't be able to fully express them on Drag Race. There are some queens who probably could have made it on both formats, but would have had to tailor their output. Like Aiden Zane is actually drag sister with Saint, who we'll be talking about. Oh. Yep, yeah. And Honey Davenport is partner of Loris, we found during this episode. And Loris is the queen who Jan stole the ideas from and didn't give credit to. There are lots of interactions there, aren't there? It's like a web. It's a web. It's like a web. It's like a web. Let's get into it. So basically, Dragula Resurrection, before they go into season four, which they are hopefully going into soon after this whole pandemic issue, whenever. I guess, really, this has only just been released, and the outcome of this episode was who goes on to season four of Dracula. So they could only have if they've started filming it could only have been recent okay so yeah so basically what we watched is they've brought back some queens seven queens yes and the winner of them gets a spot in season four dragula it's a really interesting four max it's a bit of a blend of an all-stars with a kind of let's bring back a Vanjie or a Shangela type of concept. I mean, it was only seven. Now, they were given three categories. And what were they? So they called back upon, um, really, because it was a bit of a Halloween special. So they called on, uh, they had to portray three separate looks. Each one was like a Halloween archetype, if you like, each of which has been done in a separate season of Dracula. Mm -hmm. So we had from season one, which look, which was the first ever challenge on Dracula. Again, to mention Loris, it was that was the look that Jan seemed to take inspiration from. Then from season two, we had Ghost. They had their um, kind of uh, Ghost Town spook look, didn't they? And then from season three, they had their Vampirus look as well. So um, each girl has got to portray three looks. They did this really smartly in the pandemic. It looks like the Boulets and a very small production crew travelled around the country and filmed each girl, I'm presuming with the benefits of social distancing, in their own homes. So it really, really showed what these girls were capable of. Um, they're such smart, crafty girls. They're all so talented when it comes to putting together looks. Um, so imaginative. And um, shall we... We'll talk a little bit about their personal lives, I think. But should we talk about some of our favourite looks? 
Okay. We don't necessarily have to talk about each one. Mm-hmm. But, okay, so if we go to the um, the first challenge, which was which? <laughs> Who stood out for you? What which sounds like that? <laughs> Is that more like that, actually, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> What, what did I sound like? like? Just like <laughs> I sound like blowing Megatron or something. Um, so, okay, so we're gonna number oh, should one. Oh, we quickly recount each girl as well? Yeah. So from season one, we had um, Loris um, and oh, Loris and Frankie Doom. From season two, which is my personal favourite Dracula season, it was such a good season. We've got uh, Victoria Elizabeth Black. We've got Kendra Onyx and Dali. Um, and from season three, we've got Priscilla Chambers, who I also love, and Saint, who's a very, like, early out girl. She went in the second episode of season three. So, who were your standouts in terms of the... Actually, can I ask you, before we go into it, if you were to do this look, who would you take... Or where would you take your inspiration from? Which? A witch? Yeah. Um, you tell me first what I think. I, um, I've always thought, if I had a drag character... Electric complex. Um, she'd take inspiration from like Celtic and Greek mythology. So I'd go for a very like Wiccan kind of um Stevie Nicks. Wicker man. No, 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 because that's very kind of like Appalachia, North America. Like a Wiccan kind of um druid priestess kind of look. And it'd incorporate elements of human sacrifice in there, because that's a thing that the druids were thought to do. And that's my heritage. That's what we did. Oh, oh. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> I don't... Uh, which, I probably... Because I'm such a musical fan, I would have done, like, either Galinda mm-hmm. or Alphaba. Yeah. You know, green. It's your favourite colour. Yeah. But do you watch the show, Tamar? <laughs> do you watch the show? I would have... Yeah, probably I would have come in Galinda, and then I would just be singing the whole night. <laughs> I'd have been, like, full-on the Morrigan kind of Celtic witch. Yeah, the, I mean, I would do sacrifice. that. Well, you know, for my... I probably would have done the... Um, American Horror Story, The Coven. Yeah. I would have come as um, Balenciaga. Oh, my gosh. Just come as... Oh, I've forgotten the character's name, but she's gorgeous. The one who looks like um, Grace Coddington. I would have I would have come as her. Yes. And I would have I would have given you top marks, frankly. So, my favourite looks... You know what? They're, I like Frankie Doom's look, the, um, the witches. I like this a lot. So, I like the idea behind it. And I did like the execution to a high degree. The prosthetics were amazing. Frankie has come on leaps and bounds in terms of her prosthetics. The face was amazing. Now, what what the Belay said, and I fully agreed with this, and I've written it down, was her reveal was too early. So she came in with this lovely kind of like masquerade mask and a long black wig, very much resembling Angelica Houston from The Witches. But she threw them away within the first few seconds. Yeah. I also thought the silhouette was a little bit too like modern and updated. It was she's gone for a mini dress. I would have thought more floor length, more Morticia. I also liked uh, Victoria Elizabeth Black's look. Yes, so she was a very. I just think Victoria can't do anything wrong when it comes to look. I think she is just such drag perfection, and she and her, really and is her execution. It's just amazing. You know what? She said something really, really funny that I that I also want to talk to you about. She said that she thinks that she has Asperger's. I just feel like everyone is so desperate to claim that they have something when <laughs> I don't think that they do. I, I don't know if they think that it makes them sound seem cooler, make the, makes them 
seem a bit more odd and maybe people really like the idea of being very very different <laughs> and then but actually does not strike me as someone who has asperger's so i can kind of say where asperger's you're coming from as the it's a condition in which your ass looks like burgers and tom tom <laughs> has the um tom has asperger's don't you tom <laughs> got a burger ass um now, what is Asperger's and then can you <laughs> can you can you tell me what you think because this is something that you maybe deal with on a daily basis Asperger's is a neurodevelopmental disorder that's usually diagnosed in childhood but it's sometimes oh. missed and human can you, can you define <laughs> in it in a human please so the traits of Asperger's so Asperger's is something basically you're born with and it's it's either it's hopefully spotted in your, your young like Maybelline life. maybe it's Maybelline um but sometimes people the the symptoms go unrecognized and they just think that they're a bit odd, but really they're not odd. They're just, uh, you know, they've got Asperger's. They're just unique in a different way. So the, the main um, symptoms of Asperger's involve difficulty with social communication, difficulty with appreciating the subtleness of communication, body language, uh, nuance, that sort of thing. Difficulty with empathy at times as well, not fully being able to see things from other people's points of view. Um, so people with Asperger's, if it's not diagnosed, it's not understood, can be seen as socially awkward and or unkind when really it's just that they don't fully understand those things. It's not their fault. It's the way their brain is wired. Okay. So it's about the people around them understanding them really and helping and supporting them and helping them to integrate well with the world. So I'm not here to judge. My idea of someone with Asperger's is someone who like isn't, well, yeah, is socially inept. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Doesn't like social, talk, doesn't social like communication the difficulties. Doesn't like spotlight on them. Mm-hmm. Is not as outgoing. Would not be a performer. That would be the last thing that they do. So, I think that's the stereotype. Um, okay. I would I think, say with I think that's what it is. But you're, you're the psychiatrist. I, <laughs> I would say with Victoria, um, I could quite understand how somebody with Asperger's could um, be. Sh- a bit sort of shy and awkward in their day-to-day life another trait is often having um very very meticulous level of detail and passion for quite narrow topics for example victoria when it comes to prosthetics um horror movies that kind of stuff she's she's really seems to have an encyclopedic knowledge um but i could imagine how adopting an on-stage persona could allow that person to uh, express themselves in a different way. The other thing we need to remember about Asperger's is it's an, it, any autistic spectrum disorder, as Asperger's is, is on a spectrum. So people can be severely affected or they can be mildly affected. And perhaps Victoria is more mildly affected. I do notice with Victoria, she isn't great with eye contact, which can be a trait of Asperger's. She does sometimes struggle to express herself through words, although she is very eloquent. Um, and I think she likes to let her art speak for itself. Um, it, I'm not here to judge whether she fits that label or not. I'm not her psychiatrist. Um, but she identifies with it. And for her, it helps to explain some of her experiences. I do I do get what you say, though, in terms of like sometimes it can feel like people um, are a little too keen to seek a label. Very much. Oh, it's bi- I'm bipolar because it's cool now to have bipolar. I would say the, th- the thing about that is that um, labels are sometimes helpful because they explain a person's experience. Sometimes labels can be unhelpful because they um, almost excuse or... The beauty? 
excuse the beauty or like remove responsibility in some ways so it depends mm. how a person uses yeah. or embraces that i've always label. i've always thought that too but i also feel like sometimes people use it to mm. kind of like hide behind mm-hmm. and use it as an excuse <laughs> do you know what I, do you know what i mean i would say i would say it's a to minority excuse the behaviors of people who would do that yeah um, because most labels like that would come with more negative than positive mm. aspects but like stigma um however um Victoria seems to express it in a way that makes her feel understood. So good for her. And I just hope that the people around her help and support her in the right way. I mean, Victoria's look is amazing. And I'll tell you who's other... I really do like Priscilla Chambers' look throughout. I think Priscilla was very consistent throughout in all the looks. Now, Priscilla is a trans woman. She's a trans woman. She came out in the reunion. She came out in the reunion. She did a Sonique. She came out in the reunion. She had quite a few moments. She was like, "Um, I'm a trans woman now. And also... Uh, Louisiana Purchase is my drag mother and she had like a great moment it just felt like a really good kind of um, really good end to her story for arc on the show really that she ended in a really positive place and she looks like she's living her best life she looks gorgeous she looks like she's much happier and more at ease Um, so that makes me really happy for her I I would like what in terms of a message from from Priscilla's story, I really hope people can see that her identifying as a trans woman in no way detracts from her performance as a drag artist and that the drag community is built, as she rightly points out, is built on trans women. And she she's better than ever, I think, this time round. Yes, her, I, I, I 100% agree. Her witch was my second favourite. Victoria's was my... Um, Your first? Oh, no, sorry, no. Priscilla's was my absolute favourite. I loved her kind of like... You mentioned Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks, Appalachian witch, living in a swamp. Her commitment, she was hanging around in that, what looked like freezing cold swamp. Mm. And she she emerged and she was just like, uh, just having a really good time with it. And the, the kind of prairie skirts and the worms and the taxidermy. She was just like this kind of... Yeah, like this filth-loving Appalachian witch. I loved her. Mm. But do you think that she looked quite like an Appalachian witch or something? Yes. Do you think that's kind of embodied there? Do you know what? <laughs> Can I tell you what perfection is? It is Loris's witch look. Loris is my second favourite. So she'd give me like a John Willie fetish lady crossed with Alphaba. I just thought that was such, such polish. Absolutely beautiful. Loris is very much a latex queen. She loves fetish. She loves latex. And this was a fantastic realization of that idea, I think. And um, she was my second favorite look. So what was your first? My first was Priscilla. I just love the filth of yeah. it. Um, I love the polish of Loris. And then Kendra was my third favorite because I love the idea. More than the actual execution of the look, I love the idea of this kind of... Um, East African voodoo inspired um, uh, witch. Who I just you, thought it was a really different take. Who are you talking about? Kendra? Yeah, Kendra. I think the the Boulet brothers were right when they said from the neck up it was amazing, but then from the neck down I felt like she ran out of time and she needed to throw some fabric around. I kind of get that, but also I think she really injected it with a fun performance aspect. She was dancing around that fire. There were feathers. The face paint was beautiful. Just this like a really girl is on fire. 
<laughs> Stay away from those flames, girl. Yeah. It looks, it looks flammable. Yeah, but you're getting a bit close oh, to no, those no, flames, Oh, no, 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 but we, we can't because there's an actual story there, isn't there? That's why I was telling oh, you the skill's no. on fire, Tom. Oh, oh. We'll come to that in a moment. Um, but um, I, this is... A, more to, her performance and concept made this my third favorite look. Okay, look, I want to give you my favorite looks. Okay, my Go first on. favorite is um, Victoria. Mm-hmm. My second is Frankie Doom. Frankie Doom's got my my second favorite okay. look. Okay, I'm sorry, I love it, I really do. My third one is between Priscilla and Loris, and I'm not going to choose. Sorry about it. We we've not really mentioned um, Dali, who had this kind of like reptile desert Medusa look, which I didn't feel was quite witchy. It was more Medusa the Gorgon and um, Saint, who had a really different take on it. And she talked about moon bathing. And I, to be honest, I really didn't get this reference, and that's why I didn't kind of embrace it in the same way. So that's my ignorance, really. It's quite ethereal, dark ethereal. Yeah, I mean, it was lovely. It was really lovely, but it it, it didn't speak to me. Of witchery. No? Okay. Now, listen, the next looks were the ghost looks, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, this is kind of where they had a... Um, this. No, that's not it. Sorry. So, the ghost looks. Now, no, this is the one. Victoria Elizabeth Black did an amazing look. However... Wrong category, girl. I've just I've written that. I like it was stunning. It was and zombie. Also, it was so good how it linked in with her um season two finale look where she she probably did my favourite filth actually because it was so dark and macabre. Um because she was like a necrophiliac um mortician who had the, this beautiful Victoriana mm. thing, which is really her go to. She loves like Regency and Victoriana looks. Um, but this, she was portraying the victim of that, the corpse from that scene. So, um, fantastic idea. And the prosthetics were frightening. You know, do you know the best thing to me, what she'd done with her mouth, yeah. you know how there's that rig- rigor mortis kind of like visible gums, lips peeled back kind of look and the exposed guts and everything. And her performance was amazing. The way she was kind of like herky jerky. But also, like, there's this sensual quality to it. But, girl, I'm sorry. Category is ghost, not zombie. Yeah. And it's so, so heartbreaking because it's like, I would give you full marks, Victoria, but you're not a ghost. Yeah. I think that that would have been my favorite if it was um, the category called for it, but it didn't. Yeah. So then when I move along and I look at the other ghosts, my favorite would be... I. I don't really have a... I like Pris- Priscilla Chambers as so like a Priscilla, dead hooker. Priscilla was a joint favourite for me, okay, with Saint. So Priscilla looked like an undead Sam Fox. I loved it. But the message was amazing as well because she was trying to draw attention to the the danger um, and the lack of support for sex workers, particularly trans sex workers. So halfway through a performance, she unfurls a um, trans flag. Yes. Um, with a Black Lives Matters fist on it as well, because again, you know, if we're talking about layers of vulnerability, we've got sex workers, trans sex workers, black trans sex workers, or yeah. tr- sex workers of color, who are being murdered on a regular basis without adequate investigation or protection, and it's shocking and saddening. So, like, props to Priscilla for drawing attention to such an amazing. Um, an important topic, I, I'm, but I'm looking gonna, gorgeous doing I'm it. I want to say this again and again. Priscilla slayed this this season episode, whatever it is. This is a different Priscilla that I saw really in season three. Like, 
she is there's nothing holding her back she, she's amazing she gave me as well the hair was my favorite kind of hair bitch pudding did it a lot on her season with this kind of like slightly mullety huge 80s hair she's like an undead gem from gem and the holograms like imagine gem was a ghost and stripped of all color and became a sex worker that's what she was giving me <laughs> It's like actually with or without the earrings Tom. <laughs> well you know it's is in the this, details maybe this is just one of her looks it's actually maybe she just changes she just gives a little squeeze oh, yeah. to her earring uh, and she becomes this, like just the mammograms this hooker it's <laughs> uh, sending me high uh. <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker previously on motherfucker <laughs> so that's uh, it my, my favorite looks Priscilla so she was joint with Saint for me. So I, you didn't like this because you found it too simplistic, didn't you? But she put a really, what I thought was such an amazing novel spin on the white sheet ghost. I mean, I've done that look. I've done that look. There was one Halloween where I was literally just given a, a pillowcase with a couple of eyes in it and said, knock yourself out. I'm, I'll be serious when I said that one Halloween to a party, I got three, me and two of my friends, Tia... Uh, and what was it? Uh, and Fuddy, we got we got three white sheets, cut holes, put them on us, and then put hats on top of it, and um, <laughs> and drew. This is this this would be culturally insensitive to those who who are outside of New Zealand, but my friends were Maori and I'm Polynesian, so I was allowed to. Then we drew a um, a mokopuna. Oh, the chin the, tattoos. Yeah, the, okay. the the chin, the um, the um, the mouldy tattoos. Yeah, on the sheets, and we said they were mouldy ghosts. And, and was we, it well received? Yes, because at that time there was an advert going uh, about ghost chips. <laughs> the the uh, was a Kiwi ad about ghost chips about these mouldies eating these ghost chips. So we were mouldy. We we're ghost. Um, we were the ghost. Moldy ghosts eating ghost chips. That was that was our thing, and we were allowed to do it because <laughs> I was allowed to do it because I was I was of two natives. <laughs> I was of two Maldives. You know, I was a POC, so I you know I was allowed to because I was I was with two of others. Of course, you were. You're expressing the culture that you're related Thank you. to. Thank you. So um, yeah, we've done that look, but I but I, I couldn't I love see this it because so it gives me it reminds me of Yovska from season three who I loved and I thought she went too soon as well, but she wasn't very versatile. But also, you know, Mimic Hugh from Pokemon. Yes, you know how Mimic Hugh is wearing that Pikachu shaped sack because what's underneath is so hideous. If anybody ever looked under the sack they would die of fright. This is what this was giving me. And her movement and the performance was fantastic. And it wasn't just a simple sheet. There's a lot of, lot of detail around the mask, the limbs. This was fantastic and I loved it. All right. Um, my third favorite was Kendra because of the story. Um, so Kendra had a really traumatic time where she burnt herself um, doing fire breathing uh, during a performance and it was it was caught on video and everything and it was really traumatizing we saw the injuries afterwards and thank god oh gosh thank, it was bad thank the lord that she's made such a good recovery and thankfully her skin looks amazing now so um, black don't crack she must have just do droop she must have <laughs> like she must have engaged really well with treatment and made a really good recovery so she looked like this kind of like Christian Dior tool wearing kind of ghost who actually she returned to fire breathing and so that story made me love it all the more i 
I think it was great. I mean, mm. that girl was on fire, like, literally. <laughs> that is going to be her anthem. I think it she should is. draw. She should draw strength from it. The thing is, she was saying that it was it was very traumatic. Damn right, it did. And they showed us a video clip. And of, she's a tough of how girl. It she's a military girl. And um, she was like, no one saved, no one did anything until she went off, and, and her drag daughter was a drag. Or someone. Everybody thought it was part of the performance. I and, thought it was like yeah. I if I saw that happen in real life, you know. I would have been like, oh, wow, like what fake, but it's actually happening. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, mm. wow, it's really happening. Damn. Yay. It's, it's, yeah. The photos I mean, afterwards were quite. Oh. Poor Kendra's clearly been through it. And, you know, she was really, really tearful and standing when talking about the trauma of yeah. it. Yeah. But she confronted her fears. And so Amen. I loved, I loved that story arc for her. Good and on her. Well done, Kendra. Now. Now, is Kendra the one who I keep, and I've said this, Kendra's the one who was actually carrying the whole show for me every time she spoke she engaged me the way she yeah. her personality so if a visit it's so like contagious i want to hear her talk more and more yeah. and I, I i just do every time she was speaking i was drawn in i just it's just really unfortunate that it's not portrayed in her drag that same vivacious that same mm. sparkle it's just not in her drag her drag doesn't match up with how amazing she is in person she's and very very lovable and real yes and i yeah. and i kept saying i i'm not like compared to the other girls her drag doesn't uh, isn't as strong as strong but it's just not as strong as some of the girls but mm. i would watch her on her own reality tv show i would go any day i'd go watch her perform in a yes. heartbeat because I, I think she'd be a fantastic host host exactly yeah. i just yeah i just as in translate and just for this whole reason that she's a an entertainer through and through i wanted her to win yeah so our other girls we've got um who maybe didn't were you know we've we've named our top three and the other girls were Frankie I think was really cool you know she just missed out on top three for me she gave us um, she drew on her Mexican heritage and had this kind of like corpse bride crossed with Kim Kardashian's Mugler look um, thing going on um, Kendra we've spoken about Loris now Loris disappointed me because it's a fantastic look but it didn't give me ghost same as um victoria really so she had this and uh, the message was great as well because she was drawing on the experiences of a friend who now i'm really really sorry i can't quite remember if a friend completed suicide or attempted suicide but it was like this amazing story about the the battle between the self you said and completed suicide do you mean committed we we say completed suicide when it's really yeah when it's <laughs> I feel when like it's, it's an completed. assignment that she hasn't finished yet. Are you gonna are no, you gonna finish off that because suicide because so, you ain't completed it, so, girl? Sometimes we talk about attempted suicide and completed suicide. <laughs> It's not funny. <laughs> well, it's funny when you say when, you, yeah. when you're like completed suicide. I mean, what have you completed? What is it like? Are you gonna are you gonna finish it off later? That's mm. what I would have said. No. Okay. Well, getting no. back to it. So, um, her friend anyway, and then she had like this this you know the the girl. What are you doing side. this weekend? Oh, nothing. I didn't finish my suicide, so I'm gonna complete it this week. <laughs> Sorry. This is what we call dark humor, viewers. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna complete my suicide. <laughs> didn't really, yeah. Didn't really finish <laughs> it off last week. I got really really busy. You know, <laughs> the new Pokemon came out, and I was just trying. <laughs> I hope we have more DLC. <laughs> um, so, like, yeah, so it didn't give me ghost. She looked like Alyssa Bosconovich from Tekken, didn't she? She was like this, like, pretty anime girl. And she was literally standing like Alyssa Bosconovich. Mm. And she had the same pink colour scheme. Anyway, and then there was Dali. Now, Dali, again, give me more demon than ghost. But I could see the kind of, like, Catholic, blood-drenched spirit in purgatory. 
yeah. Um, th- but, that's a very, very elegant drag on a dime look. Yeah, yeah. Let's be real. So, coming back to it, my, my question again, uh, what would your ghost... We've heard what your ghost look would be. You'd be Maori pillowcase ghost. Is that what you... No, that, um, that's what I did. Now you've got more, you got more coin... Okay, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna recycle my looks. No, you're not that girl. I'm not that girl. Are you okay. that girl? <laughs> no, no, you're not that girl. For my ghost look. I would have. Um, I probably would have dressed up as um, Patrick Swayze and just taken a coin with me everywhere and balancing it on my finger. You know that that, that moment. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. my love, my darling. I like it. I like hung. it. And I would have walked around just like that. Or oh, would have been Whoopi Goldberg, Marley. You in danger, girl. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my look. I'd come as the ghost of Dorian Corey from Paris is Burning. Oh, and you know, would you, you be carrying a mirror with you everywhere? I'd be like, carrying a mirror and well, be like, um, "Well, I'd be putting on that one bit of eyeshadow, and I'd be going like, if you shoot an arrow and it goes real high, well, hooray for you.' <laughs> and I'd be like, "Well, reading comes from shade." And also, I'd drag behind me the mummy that she had mummified in her closet. You know that story, don't you? Yes. Yeah. Tell tell our listeners that story about. Well, I'm sure many of our listeners have watched Paris is Burning, um, and if you haven't, you must because otherwise you don't get about fifty percent of the jokes in RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, but also, it's an amazing documentary of the lives of drag queens, trans women, gay men in the Harlem Vogue ball scene in the eighties. In in yeah, in Harlem. So um, Dorian Corey, when she died, um, all, all the drag queens in the local area rushed to her apartment to try and get all the beautiful gowns and jewels. And, you know, and then they found they found a mummified corpse inside her closet. Nobody knew how long it had been there, but it was years and years. Nobody quite knows who the corpse is of but it's thought that it may have been a guy that she was having a relationship with who may or may not have turned violent and i'm gonna say this out loud yeah whatever happened i know for a fact that he deserved it like dorian corey as a vulnerable trans woman of color i'm sure had to defend herself and could not rely on the police and she did what she had to do in that situation so i ain't judging dorian and my luck would celebrate (laughs) Wow. <laughs> so you heard it here first on Spilling the Gene Tea podcast. We condone violence. No, I just think in that situation, I don't If he con- cheats on you, kill him. No, no, we're, no, no, no. We're here to support you. No, I. What? I that girl done stole your eyeshadow. I think kill it, was, her. it was an act of self defense, and I know that. I know it. It was. makes sure you complete that suicide, okay? Dorian, <laughs> Dorian, feel free to come through from the other side and tell me the real story, okay? I will be here. Oh, that would be amazing. With my dictaphone. All right, come on, finish it up. Who else? Who okay. else did you like? What was your favorite look? Did you give me a rating? Joint Saint and Priscilla. Yeah, Priscilla's definitely my, mm-hmm. probably the only one I, I really, really do love. Uh, yeah, I love Victoria's, but like, it's. It's, it's not, just the wrong not, category. It's not ghost. I'm sorry if it's Victoria, my darling, my darling. You've got too much range. <laughs> too much, too much no, range. Let's, let's get the the last one is the vampire looks. Uh, my favorite vampire looks. Now, first of all, I want to say that I liked Frankie Dooms, and it looked like you know the orcs of Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. If they had, if there was a mama queen, mm-hmm. a mama queen orc, there she is. Frankie Doom. I love this look because it's given me like divine plays. Dracula in Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula because there's a scene in that where Dracula 
He can shapeshift and it could become a wolf. He could become a bat. And his bat look was this. And again, it speaks of Frankie's amazing ability with prosthetics. But she was like sexy, divine bat lady. I will say my small quibble with this is the wings. I wish they were bigger. They looked a bit anemic on the end of her hands. She's such a size queen, Tom. <laughs> what can I say? Yeah. Oh. It can always be bigger, can't it, with you? <laughs> I uh, My favorite look, if I had to choose, um, again, I really do like, no, sorry, Victoria. Victoria gave that kind of classic vampire look that yeah. I just loved. I loved it as well, and it was my number one look. So it was very, um, gave me Interview with the Vampire vibes. Um like she, it was very Regency era, um, with the high hair, the flying the gown, very, very elegant, very beautiful, mm. very kind of um, of that era. I will say, so she was giving me a bit of a. We watched Batman Returns last night. She gave me poodle lady vibes as well. If, no, I love that no. poodle lady. No, as a meal, the Dali look like a lot of the times. I keep thinking it was Landon Cider. Yeah, well, Dali's gone for a far more androgynous look than she ever did before. Okay. Um, And yeah, this is a look that Landon could do, I think. So uh, Dali's look, while it wasn't one of my favourites, I appreciated the kind of Mad Max Dune. She said Dune was a direct reference for it, but it's very kind of like that 80s futurism kind of post-apocalyptic look but also like i know she's called dali but she was sporting a mustache that gave me like salvador dali vibes as well yep i think my my favorite look is victoria i did like the reveal from um sorry from kendra onyx when she took off the whiff and there was like yeah that was like cool. as though it was mounted to the skin and she was like really peeling it off i thought that was the performance aspect of that was great again yeah. I, do, I told you i do like frankie doom um priscilla I, I do love her looks overall uh yeah. i don't but, know if this was the strongest of looks but i, I just i'm just loving what she's serving like i want i want to order that yeah for so, all of my my all of my mains would be what she's, whatever she's giving out. Priscilla and uh, Kendra had the same color scheme in that they were ethereal white with scarlet stains on them, which gave me very much the Countess from American Horror Story vibes. But Priscilla was a bit more ethereal. She had the pointy ears. Yeah. Um, she was a bit more kind of elfin. And Kendra had this like series of reveals. She was ripping off the hair. There were the grotesque bits underneath. Um, I did like both of their looks, and I really liked Frankie's as well. Yeah. Um, Saint got a bit lost in the shuffle for me. She Who? was going for Saint. Okay, yeah, Saint. So she was going for like this sixties. Um, so she she had a very kind of like you know sixties dancing girl kind of look. It was like Twiggy's era. It was it was very that. It was very like. Um, Twiggy meets Naomi Sims. It was very that. And then she took it like, it was like she took a tab of acid, which is obviously a very 60s thing. Um, but it was the blood, wasn't it? And then it became more psychedelic and stuff. So there was that fun performance element, but I didn't like quite get like, why are you in the 60s? I don't associate the 60s with vampires. So um, those are all looks. Is there any other looks you want to talk about? That's it. I really do love Conjure Onyx's performance. In this, oh, Loris as well. Again, Loris like missed the mark, like cool look, but like didn't give me vampire. Yeah, it was half assed. <laughs> she was, she was like futuristic anime plague doctor zombie cyborg girl, mm. um, but didn't give me vampire. No. Nowhere in there did I see a vampire. So, 
now that you've seen all the looks, who mm. would you have brought back for season four? I I think Priscilla. Priscilla was my favorite. Um, yes, Priscilla yeah. should have. Like uh, we already know who won. We've seen the whole thing. I want to say who I thought. I think Priscilla definitely was. She made like the biggest impact. Yeah, she came back and her and her true self that she feels that she is. I love everything she was serving. The message behind the mm-hmm. prostitute one, yeah, the looks, the polish, the commitment. I thought Priscilla Chambers was going to be the one to come back. I also thought Victoria was going to come back, but then they said something that I agree with. Yeah, it seems unfair. Yeah. to bring Victoria into a competition with new contestants only because i feel like you it's like you're bringing back a winner yeah to compete with other people like she's just gonna come and win again so she'd destroy them she would like victoria was as too good to come back she like if there's an all-stars winner series even though she didn't win she needs to be in the all-stars winners for dragula because she is She's good. Or she needs to come back for an All-Stars, where the All-Stars are people who placed high. She, she's a shoe-in for an All-Stars season. Yeah. Um, she also she said that herself as well. So I think the Boulets picked up on that, and it kind of really spoke of what her commitment would be like in a season four, because um, she said herself, I don't really see myself wanting to win season four. I want to win an All-Stars season. Yep. Um Let's not forget, like she's one of, like, she's a proper like legacy character because her mother Madeline Hatter and her daughter Dolly Black were in season three. Um, imagine all three of them in an All Star season; that'd be really good. Oh, drama, drama! Oh, um, so we know that Saint has won. Congratulations, Co- Saint! Congrats to Saint! Very much congrats. I think I think Saint gives a lot of really imaginative looks and. I think they saw a lot of growth from her season. And I, th- I think that was part of the trajectory. She's very, very thoughtful as well. When she was describing her looks, she's very, very cerebral, uh, very smart. And like, again, she's somebody with like a really interesting and sad story as well. She spoke of a lot of trauma in relation to um, her relationship with her mum and her stepdad and like, her first tattoo and stuff was basically her stepdad like branding her. It was horrible. Mm. Um, and then she she's reclaimed that and that's why she has so many tattoos. She took to tattooing herself. So she's clearly a very resilient, very resourceful, uh, brave person. So I'm happy to see her come back. Okay. Um, there was that little thing at the end as well, though, wasn't there? Because um, in true Belay Brothers style, there's a very theatrical way of delivering the news. Um, this being Dracula Resurrection, it was a brief resurrection. Everybody didn't make it, it was consigned back to the graveyard. Um, and there's a little glimpse at the end of Dali regaining consciousness. It's probably hinting that maybe Dali's coming back as well as a wild card. They spoke of being very impressed with Dali's um, looks. I'm a bit saddened that Priscilla's not coming back, to be to honest. To be honest, I watching it... Mm. It's hands down Priscilla's game. I don't know what happened there. Um, maybe she's coming back for an All-Stars. Maybe it's the same as Victoria. She came back with too much to give. Maybe. 
Whereas, I mean, whereas Saint can come back, and Saint left quite early as well. Yeah. So it's Saint's chance to come back, and like you can't bring back someone like Priscilla made it quite far. Didn't she make it to the final three? She's top three, yeah. And um, and also Victoria was top two. Uh, they they've done. They went too far to come back and compete in another season. Frankie was top three as well. Yeah. Frankie was another girl who I think did fantastic. Frankie was amazing. Like Saint was not up there for me. I, I'm going to be very very honest. I I'm not saying that she didn't deserve it i'm not saying that she wasn't beautiful she just wasn't beautiful turn on <laughs> what i'm saying is that like for me the other girls made more of an impact to me just to me but i'm happy mm. that saint got this opportunity and since saint did leave quite early it will be good to see how she fares yes. against a new cast it will be not having too much of a competitive edge okay so that's us Definitely. look we talked about dragon are you happy are you happy tom i am Maybe we can do a bit more. Maybe. Maybe we could do a bit more. There's so much for us to talk I, I about. Think next in the meantime, I would love to review it like we do drag well, race. We could do, yeah, we, of course we can. There's, there's so much drag for us to go back on. I've also got my new podcast coming out as well, Tom. What yeah. the Thought podcast? <laughs> a How Did I Get Fat Again podcast? That's going to take off, <laughs> Tom. Of course it it's will. It's going to take off. I'm going to be driven by the force of your personality. will do well. Thank you, Tom. And maybe I'll let you come and guest, guest star on it. Maybe you can be my little runner my co-host can perhaps. lily join in no no yeah. just just talk. back it up back it up okay <laughs> you know i understand you, next thing you know your family want to join in there's <laughs> an exclusive club okay that's <laughs> it that's it for us today great we did some jugular we we got a lot of a lot of our chest we talked about our like week therapy really i think we're doing really it? really yeah. well there i'm hungry now is it tea time yeah should we go yeah all right well <laughs> thank you again for joining us for spilling the gnt podcast this is paulo and dr tom tell a friend get our podcast out there we love you we'll see you guys next week lots of love guys see you soon bye bye bye